0: Coming to you live from an
1: abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham.
0: Attention Alan oh. Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying.
1: And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Whoop. Boom shakalaka.
0: Thank Get you. Tim. Tim. <laughs> As always. As always. Like, I feel bad for the audio listeners that can't see us bebopping coming in every week.
1: The sad thing is when we used to do this audio only and we'd be sitting there editing it, editing it, even during this off season, I'd be sitting there just like mm-hmm. that's right. And you can't see that either if you're just on audio. So there you go. More incentive to watch the live stream.
0: <laughs> that, that's right.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Steve, how's it going this week? I think you and I both took an absolute bath on Sunday. If I was if me <laughs> read anything that you wrote,
0: uh, you know, it, I table. actually turned a corner there at the end. So I needed Leonard Fournette to have a good game. He actually had a good game. They actually treated him as they finally should as the clear RB one on you that know, team.
1: Don't get too used to that.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mentioned it in our discord chat. I'm in Six season long leagues this year and of the six i was top four in scoring in five of the six leagues this week and uh, i went three and three so i'll I'll take Uh, it i mean uh,
1: it could be worse it it was
0: two and four until that four night game
1: so yeah we almost came back against me in our in our uh our wonky dynasty style contract league i thought i was Getting a little nervous by the end because you had a hurt. Did word. I
0: I didn't even look at that. I just I, assumed I, I got it. crushed because no, I saw I, I was it. getting smoked.
1: I, I was I was like far and away crushing that out. And then uh about midway through the third quarter in that uh in that that game, you actually came all the way back, and I'm getting the sneaking suspicion that I'm talking to myself currently.
0: No, no, I'm still here.
1: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh the but yeah, you you almost came back in about the third quarter of that Monday night football game. Cause you had Herbert and Waller and I was done yeah. and I was just kind of, I didn't even notice it yeah. uh, until the next day, but I was like, wow, he almost pulled that out. Like it, <laughs> like he almost came all the way back. That would have been insane. I tried. Uh, you could have had my week where I put up a really embarrassing score in one league. Fine. Just about everywhere else. But I had one, one particular score that I'm like, well, that's embarrassing. Um, nothing you can do about it, but yeah. it just, The way it worked out. It happens to the best of us, Neil. Now, what are you going to do? Well, it's funny because that actually dovetails a little bit in today's topic. So we teased it last week and we're going to follow through. Don't ever say that we don't make good on our promises, folks. Mm -hmm. Because last week you and I did a little bit of uh, about, mm, we'll call it crisis response. For a few of the fantasy problem children. The folks that have been underperforming their ADPs up until this point. And we teased that we would have actual meaningful trade analysis And we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, We're going to call it Invest Divest is what we're going to do for this year. This is actually realistically probably year three or four of us doing this. And it's gone by many names. It goes all the way back to when I used to write a column called In a Vacuum, actually, years and years ago. And then it morphed into the trade tables, which people liked but to be honest with you the feedback that we got primarily from that was look this is too confusing how about you just do your tables in the background and then you just tell me what i should do in real words as opposed to making me read a table okay fair enough i can do that for you it's actually less work for me so ha take that so i have prepared a list of individual fantasy players to invest in or divest from not complicated right yep so really straightforward and we're going to go we're going to kind of just rattle through these players and then we'll uh, we'll see if you and I feel the same way about about each of these individuals. And I tell you what, good. just to keep it interesting, we'll go on invest, divest, invest, divest is what we'll do here.
0: Okay. So cool. and again, if you are following along with us live, as you absolutely should be, uh, first of all, if you are on Twitch or YouTube, make sure you are following slash subscribing, whichever one you're you're on there. Uh, make sure you're liking the Facebook page and liking this post. If you are on Facebook, assuming it's working today. Um,
1: I believe they have that problem. <laughs> solved. We'll, we'll see if it stays that we'll way. We'll find
0: out. Um, but yeah, make sure you're subscribing to the channel on YouTube. Neil, we hit over 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel.
1: Uh, Yay! So there you it. go.
0: We Moving did Moving up in the world. But still continue to follow on uh, Twitch and uh, subscribing there as well. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it.
1: So we're going to do this positionally and we'll start like we typically do with quarterback. So we've had, there's been, there's a bit, quarterback has been weird this year. I think you would agree with me on that, where you have a few players that are a little under, under their ADP at this point for various reasons. And you've got a couple of welcome surprises in your Derek Carrs, your Kirk cousins, your Sam Darnold's of the world, frankly, players that were effectively left for dead in your draft room on draft day
0: sure, mm-hmm. and
1: uh they're all all of those are in the top 12 at, at quarterback at this point yeah. it's uh it's been interesting so when that happens right obviously some of your some of the individuals who were projected to be in the top 12 would logically have to be outside of the top 12 currently and i'm not going to sit here and say oh trade for Kirk cousins trade for that's not that's not helpful to anyone. Frankly, that was a waiver claim two days ago. But what if you did waiver claim one of those guys and maybe you have now you have a dearth of options at quarterback and no longer need to roster a lot of what you have? There's there's some opportunity here to try and try and do it. Or maybe you struck out and you hit Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick and you missed the boat on the Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold's Express. So, well, no, don't worry. We got a name for you. So the number one quarterback that I'm going to recommend that everyone start looking at, if you need help at quarterback to invest in, we touched on it last week. It's Aaron Rodgers. And the, the big thing here is you've got it here. Love nice and nice and neat for everybody on the screen. So pretty, right? It is very pretty <laughs> at our font and everything. Mm-hmm. He currently QB 18, his numbers are being are being his season long numbers, I should say are being depressed and his averages are being depressed by that terrible, terrible, terrible week one. one. We talked about that last week, a little bit. I'm not worried about that happening again. He still hasn't really put up the quote unquote gaudy Aaron Rodgers numbers that he was putting up last year, but we warned you about that in the preseason. However, that, that all being said, because of how he's underperformed, because of the litany of options that exist, Right now, Aaron Rodgers, from what we're seeing, he's actually kind of a value yeah. at this point.
0: And again, like you mentioned, we talked about it last week, but just to put a bow on it, um, for especially for the audio listener, it's 18.3 points per game for the season for Aaron Rodgers. But if you just look at week two on, so the last three there games, uh, just in the go. last three weeks, 22.9, actually 22.99 points per game so basically 23 points per game which is good enough for qb 10 in that stretch of the last three weeks
1: so because the packers have been a little weird a little hard to predict and because of just the way quarterback has worked right now there is likely someone rostering aaron Rodgers in some of your leagues that might be a little bit more willing to part with that for less than let's call it face value so i'm going to recommend that put in an inquiry with the individual who is currently rostered, Aaron Rodgers, if it's not you, if it is you, this isn't really the spirit of the segment, but if it is you, I'd probably hold on to it and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to deal it. But if you're not, if you'd have to look at who the, who's rostered and what their individual roster is, but that's someone I'd be looking to target. If you are looking to improve at quarterback, uh, schedule gets, it gets tougher. I do want to point that out down the stretch for them, but I'm not really concerned about that to be honest. He's proven to be a little bit, he's not schedule proof, but it doesn't factor in for Rogers nearly as much for me. So that's my, that's, that's going to be who I recommend to invest in if you're looking to upgrade. So who, who do you think the, the divest candidate is going to be Steve? (laughs) Who do you think?
0: Um, like based on the top 10,
1: well, he would be in the top 10 currently. So Mm. you're, you're, you're on the right logic train there.
0: Uh, based on your history, I'm going to guess Daniel Jones.
1: That would be a good guess. <laughs> I'm still bitter, but we're going to not include that. We're going to edit that sure. out. We're going to no, no, edit no, no. that out. Yeah. This is edit all live. There's
0: no editing anymore. No, we don't do that.
1: Wait, we're live?
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the, it, it is going to be Daniel Jones. And here's the thing. Daniel Jones is currently QB6. It's right there on yeah. the screen, but once again, looks beautiful. He's averaging 23.8 points per game. His rushing floor has been great. Here's why I'm recommending. He's averaging
0: more points than Josh Allen right
1: now. He's averaging more. Exactly. He's, he's been fantastic to this point. It's been a combination of running and throwing that is, that has taken him to this point. And he's been doing it with below replacement level supporting cast. So I think the logical question would be Neil. Why, why do you think this trend won't continue? Well, their schedule This is an an individual who's not schedule proof we've seen over the years. Their schedule gets significantly harder starting functionally next week. And it's going to continue to stay that way through the remainder of the year. So he does not have a particularly favorable schedule for quarterbacks the rest of the way. And also, to be honest, I'm projecting him to regress back down to the mean. They still have major systemic challenges on that on that roster and that team in general. Saquon is carrying him and that's going to that will likely continue. But I, I do not see any way Daniel Jones is going to be able to finish the season at QB six. So to me, he's a little bit of a sell high. He's so I'm not necessarily saying I would want to trade him for another quarterback per se. Although if that's what you needed, you could maybe make that argument. But I think there's someone likely in your league. If you're rostering Daniel Jones, you definitely didn't draft him to be your QB one. Right. So you now suddenly have what is a nice little piece here to try and help somebody who's a little bit more QB needy. And to be honest with you, I think this is the perfect time to start having that conversation with your league mates, find the individual in your league who's got quarterback problems right now and see if you can snake a wide receiver or a running back or a tight end for your backup quarterback. That's going to be my advice with what to do with Daniel Jones currently sitting at QB six. I'm not going to recommend holding now, I will say there is a uh, there is there is some timing involved with these types of things. Right. So you could do it now. But to be honest, I think the best time to do it might actually be in week right, right around week nine. So if you can actually if you can sit on this for a few weeks, he's got a few plus matchups coming up here, including. uh up until uh, they get to Las Vegas in week nine.
0: Yeah, they so, have Dallas, the Rams. True. You don't love Car- the
1: Rams. You don't love the Rams one.
0: Carolina, Kansas City. Better matchup City, for
1: quarterback than you would think. Given The how
0: Raiders, and then the bye week.
1: And then the bye. So I'd like to try and hold on to this maybe until week nine if I absolutely had to. and that's And then after that, they don't have another plus matchup until week 18, which is not helpful for anyone. So that's, that's kind of my the method to my madness here. Daniel Jones has outkicked expectations so far, but that includes games against Washington, who's been abysmal, surprisingly, and Atlanta, who's been abysmal, not surprisingly. Yeah. So for me, Daniel Jones is something that I'm looking to. He was your backup quarterback. I mean, there's you'd have to have completely struck out on your first quarterback, more than likely, for, for you to be in a situation where you realistically need to hold this. So in situations like this, I like to try and take depth at a position like quarterback where there's plenty of replacement level depth I can get and try and turn this into something that I needed a position that's got a little bit more scarcity behind it. So that's my thought process. I'll ask you, though. How do you feel about any of that?
0: I don't know if Daniel Jones can sustain is my is my fear with Daniel Jones. Like I we talked about this before, like last year, he was list. my he was my guy. He was my I planted my flag on on Mount Daniel Jones and then I died up there. And uh, it was painful. I I understand that. But uh, again, I I go back to I'll, I'll I'll use the same argument I used all last season, which was with Saquon Barkley in the lineup, he was QB seven. And then Saquon Barkley was in the lineup and he was a top 10 quarterback in week one. And then Barkley tears his ACL and he was hot trash the rest of the year. So now Saquon Barkley is back. And all of a sudden, Daniel Jones is QB six. I don't know. what is What does that mean? Does this mean that as long as Saquon stays healthy, that Daniel Jones is actually a viable fantasy option? It I think he, that. I think he's actually going to be one of these guys in this Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr tier that's in the 12 to 16s that you would consider for streaming, especially during buys, on a weekly basis. But can I count on him as a top 10 guy? No and if somebody wants to give you top 10 value for a QB i would absolutely take it
1: and that's why he's my my divest candidate for quarterback yeah. because this is between now and around week 9 i think is the peak time to yeah. want to try and move daniel jones because if you wait any longer than that uh, there's too many things that we can't predict particularly if saquon something was to happen to him again i think he goes right back in the gutter so if i'm if i'm holding on to daniel jones i'd like to go around and see what i could get i think it's time we're four weeks in. This is normally when we try and coach people. At this point, you're starting to get an idea of who these individual players are going to be for this yep. season. Things change. But with that, let's go directly. Let's Without too much further ado, let's go into running back here. So I've got a couple for running back here. And there's a, there's a few. Running back is interesting this season. Uh, one of them is a name that people, I think, might not... Might not understand, but I'm going to talk you through the thought process here. One of my invest candidates for the moment is actually <clears throat> is actually David Montgomery. And the reason that I'm saying that is because he's currently RB14, and that includes making an early exit from his week four matchup last week. He's probably going to miss. He's now injured, unfortunately. He's got a knee issue. And he's likely going to miss between the next three and five weeks. And so now I can already hear it in my head. How could you possibly recommend investing in that? Well, it's because in all likelihood, if you have this, this is really advice more geared to individuals who are four and zero, three and one, or if you have a quality roster where you could absorb something like this. Because in all, especially if you have IR slots, and if you don't have IR slots in your league, you should really vote on that yeah. IR slots to your league. We say that a lot. But David Montgomery, for me, I think is a unique buy low if you have a quality roster here because the, in, the individual in your league who likely is currently rostering David Montgomery lost something between their high-end RB2 on a weekly basis or their kind of lower-end RB1. They likely do not have in-house solutions to address right. the depth issue for four or five weeks, which is roughly what it'll be. And this is a rare opportunity where if you have a good team and you can absorb something like this, I would pick him up and stash him I would want to do a trade, stash him on my, on my, uh, on my IR and then have him come back midway through the season. He'll be fresh. We talked about it last week with the struggles that that have been going on in Chicago. He's really the one piece of Chicago that I feel really good about. And he's still only 24. So yes, the knee issue is not ideal, but it presents a very unique, uh, I almost said buying opportunity, but that's not really the proper vernacular. It It prevents, it presents a, uh a very unique opportunity to invest yeah. because you're going to, you're going to get a nice steep discount on this, on something that never would have been available before. And the the individual who's currently holding on to David Montgomery probably is not going to have a whole lot of like in-house solutions to this. So So,
0: like what you're talking about is there's realistically somebody out there uh, based on ADPs who could have had Austin Eckler, uh, DeAndre Swift and maybe like Chase Edmonds Mm -hmm. and then Zach Moss. Sure. Yes. Who who is currently RB 13 in uh, PPR points per game. So you could have those four running backs on your roster, solid depth. And if you're the David Montgomery manager and you've got nothing, then you would gladly take any of those running backs almost straight up for an injured david montgomery who's not helping your team and if you're on the other end of that i'm getting david montgomery who i know is a top 20 guy when he right. comes back and i've got the depth to allow me to continue to be successful until he gets back
1: that's correct so if you're currently rostering david Montgomery. Uh, you have a choice to make. I hope you won the Damian Williams sweepstakes that went on today in waiver wires across the country. If you didn't, and you have IR slots, maybe pick up Tariq Cohen for a dollar in the background. Uh, beyond that... I don't know about that either. I know, that's what I'm saying. None of it's good. So beyond that, you you mentioned Zach Moss. Zach Moss is an interesting one because he's been just, ever since the healthy scratch in week one, he's scored a touchdown, at least one, every single week. Yep. Hard to predict if that's going to continue necessarily, but... He's got at this point, he's already kicking dirt on Devin Singletary's career, right? I mean, Devin Singletary wasn't meaningfully, meaningfully involved in that game last week until they were firmly blowing out the Texans in the fourth quarter. So he's slowly taking that job away. Zach Moss is an interesting cop because if you're rostering David Montgomery right now, you probably don't have anything in house that's going to be a replacement level solution. And mm-hmm. the running back waiver wire right now is a total train wreck, dumpster fire, there's nothing out there for you. So you're probably going to be put into a position where you might have to do something you don't want to do and move on from David Montgomery to try and keep your season moving forward. So I hate to tell you, but that's realistically your options. You can hope you won the waiver wire lottery or you can, you can kind of look at other options. So with that said, let's look at, let's look at the number one divest candidate at this point. And This is going to make you, I think, I think this is not going to be shocking to you specifically, mostly because we had a pre-show meeting about it, but also body of work for both of us. Mm -hmm. The number one divest candidate for me, Miles Sanders. If only there was a website for (laughs) years that has been saying to not draft Miles Sanders and that he's overrated. If only such a platform Mm -hmm. exists and had a discord channel that you could join, through Patreon for $1 and get this quality advice beamed directly into the screen. that's in front yeah. of your face. If only that, that any of that existed. Oh, wait.
0: And I think this is a perfect segue too, because you just talked about Zach Moss kicking dirt onto the grave of Devin Singletary and Devin Singletary is currently RB 36, one spot ahead of Miles Sanders, who is RB 37. That's, that's how right. dead Miles Sanders is. That's right. Is an absolute joke.
1: Miles Sanders has 15 touches combined in the last two weeks. That sound good to you? That sound no. like what you were hoping for? 15 so seven and a half per game. Yeah. That's atrocious. Yeah. That's that's not even hardly rosterable. Yep. That's like Tony Jones level of touches. Like it's that's like RB sixty-five. It's Samaje Pirine with Joe Mixon actually being healthy. It's not useful. And even within that, the only thing you could ever hang your hat on with Miles Sanders was that he was getting some volume and that he might be able at any given moment to house one for you. You still, he's not, that's way less likely when he's only getting seven and a half touches a game. Right. So it's, now, granted, some of that has to do with the fact that Jalen Hurts is thrown 87 times in those two games, and that's probably not necessarily going to continue. Although, as someone who rosters a lot of Jalen Hurts, please make that continue. It's
0: it's right. fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely it's love it. so
1: far, yeah. Uh, but then, we'll get into it here momentarily, but he's also just being out-snapped, out-touched, out-played flatly in just about every measurable category by Kenny Gainwell who we talked about at length in the preseason and the run-up to this. He was all over that Eagle show we did, you and I, in the preseason. We talked about it during draft coverage with Jack and and, uh, and knee and everybody else. I mean, at this point, I want to see what I can get for Miles Sanders, and I'm not really going to be too picky about what the return is. And I'm going to hope somebody still remembers, treats Miles Sanders as the name, Miles Sanders. And then I'm going to be able to try and sneak away from this investment at this point with what little dignity I have remaining. That's, that's my actual advice. Get out I mean, now.
0: Yeah, that that's fair A- at this point too, by the way, it's worth noting that it, it, like, again, I guess that's the entire season, but yeah, on average miles Sanders right now is getting 64% of the snaps uh, for the Eagles and Kenneth Gamewell is still getting 35, but even then, the 35 he's getting, he's actually being involved in the offense. He's actually he's being he's out there utilized. In red zone snaps. Yeah. He's taking the goal line work as well. So um, at, there's nothing about Miles Sanders, right? He's not being used in the passing game. Nope. He's not being used in the red zone. So he's getting the between the 20s carries, and that's it. So also, your hope is that he breaks his 70 yard touchdown that he does three times a year. That's it. That is the only way you can survive on Miles Sanders. And we talked about this in the preseason, that when you look at his games, if you eliminated his three 70 yard rushes, like the rest of it, he had on like right around three yards per carry. And basically like 33% of his fantasy production came on three plays, like barely 2% of his entire season accounted for 33 percent of his fantasy production last year so for him to be going in the top 20 again in adp in the preseason made no sense whatsoever um again i said he wasn't even worth the top 30 pick let alone top 20 and here we are i i posted the tweet too i did a lot of victory lapping on miles sanders this week so far yeah it's going to continue (laughs) Um, well, but, we're just going
1: to keep dunking until somebody yeah. gets up and blocks it. So, But
0: I brought back my tweet when we were doing our initial rankings in uh, at the end of May. And I posted it with me having Miles Sanders at 32. And I said, when you rank Miles Sanders and it feels too high. And I <laughs> replied, yep, it was too high. <laughs> like, it's
1: that bad. It's that bad. It's that bad. So we will continue to kick kick dirt all over all over this until somebody can convince me or and probably you to, to back off. But at this point, if I'm rostering Miles Sanders for whatever reason, at this point, still I'm frantically trying to trade that for realistically what I can get at this point, but we touched on it. So let's move into an, into a, uh, an invest candidate. Again, we'll go right into Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. And the reason why more so than what we, for the reasons we've already touched on, he's getting the red zone work. He's the primary pass catcher. If you go back in time on our coverage of this individual, it's not a coincidence that they've said that they want to treat him like Naheem Hines. And we've seen what Naheem Hines can do when he's actually being featured. So it's not exactly the most consistent thing in the world, but it's a lot better than Miles Sanders. So one of the things about Kenny Gainwell is that right now, right now, this is still relatively achieving. He had the big game last week. I understand that. He had six receptions, eight targets, 58 yards. You know, one of those is a 15-yard reception. And he only had three rushing attempts. But to be honest with you, I don't care. If you're going to get six receptions on eight targets, you're borderline a top 24 running back within PPR running back circles. That's just the way it works. You get that involved in the passing game you're borderline an rb2. So I'm not treating him like an rb2 at this point. He's just outside of that still. But that's what's interesting about this because it's still relatively achievable at this point. So if I'm if I'm able to figure out a way to to be able to pry Kenny Gainwell away from the individual who currently has them on their roster. I'm looking long and hard at that. Now I'm not looking to, to give up rb2 level value here. I want to be very clear. I'm not recommending you trade your RB2 straight up for Kenny Gainwell. Nor am I looking saying you should go and get a wide receiver or something else that would be the equivalent of an RB2 and trade for Kenny Gainwell. But a lot of folks just don't know much about Kenny Gainwell just yet and he's really only had the one big game which could you could chalk up to being a fluke. Right. So the re- a lot of folks haven't caught up to this yet. And so you can still get value on a deal involving Kenny Gainwell.
0: So, well, and th- I think this is the best way to to kind of put it, too. So um, shout out to our guys at Fantasy Pros for their snap analysis uh, percentages here. But the uh, they they have their like utilization. Sure, so ba- sure. basically the percent of snaps a player plays and they are utilized in some way, shape or form uh, right now. Kenny Gainwell, 41% of the snaps he is on the field, he gets either a rush attempt or a target. He is no Jamal Williams,
1: but it's pretty good.
0: He's somehow involved on the play. So, guys that are in that same neighborhood as him are uh, Zach Moss, who we talked about already, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, AJ Dillon. Yeah. Okay. He's in that neighborhood. Here is Miles Sanders. 30% utilization that is less than Tyson Williams, who was a healthy scratch. Oh no. That is less than Naheem Hines. That is the same amount as Malcolm Brown. That's just barely more than Jamichael hasty, JD McKissick and David Johnson. That is the neighborhood he's in right now. Oh boy. Of almost a hundred running backs that qualify there are 14 who have less utilization than Miles Sanders. That's it. Yeah. He is barely being used in that offense. He, I mean, he's borderline not rosterable, but he's he's definitely worth keeping on your bench. It's well, just you can't start him.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't cut him at this point, largely because you're too invested. But this is why I was phrasing it the way it was, where it's like, if I can get anything for Miles Sanders that's better yeah. than that, I'm taking it and I'm yeah. done with this nightmare and we're moving on. Um, I will say one last thing just about the schedule for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Starting in week seven, they have three plus matchups in a row. But then as you expand that out, as we get a little bit closer to playoff time, uh, the week 14 bye is not ideal. But they then have every matchup functionally from there till the end of the year is either neutral or plus. So you like that too. It's not necessarily like a, a deal breaker or, or an end-all be-all type of thing, but I do like it. It is yeah. something worth noting that they yep. do have a soft schedule for running backs functionally starting in week seven for three weeks. And then again, as we get closer to the end of the year. So it's just worth something keeping in mind, but I would get, I pounce on this Kenny Gainwell thing before he puts up another 20 and then the prices go up. Yeah. So I want to get on that right away. So let's, let's pivot back to, some divestiture candidates at running back because there are unfortunately a couple. And this is one where you and I actually may have to eat the smallest amount of crow. Mike Davis, Mike (laughs) Davis, Mike Davis has been, he hasn't been miles Sanders, but he, and, and let's be clear. Mike Davis bailed out a lot of the folks that have been managing him with that garbage time touchdown last week. Aside from that, he has been, Really, just not nearly as involved mm-hmm. on a team that is atrocious, that is never going to be able, from what I've seen, run the ball in a consistent manner. And it's really like just everything that could go wrong for Mike Davis in this situation is currently going wrong. And then we haven't even touched on Cordarrelle Patterson having the the greatest season that he has yeah. ever had and will likely ever have. Right. That is totally, that's the part where I will not apologize (laughs) Yeah. because that's, that's a total outlier, completely crazy miracle thing. But you and I both had, had Mike Davis as an RB two granted he was RB 24. He was the bottom of RB two, but he has not been an RB two. He's been relegated to a flex running back. As it says right here on the screen, he's been RB 32 through four weeks. He's losing playing time to Corderell Patterson. They can't run the ball consistently. when well, he's, I mean, it's-, it's not.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not even that. Like their offensive line is just so bad right That's now. Fair. That's it, also it, a component. It's feeling a lot like Todd Gurley again from last season. Mm, where, yeah, okay, like right now, Mike Davis is playing 67% of the snaps for Atlanta. So he's getting the lion's share of the work. Like, Corderell Patterson is only on the field 34% of the time. So he's out there just a couple of plays with Mike Davis as well. But for the most part, they're splitting the workload and it's heavily favoring Mike Davis. The difference is on his snaps that he's getting, only 26% of his snaps is he getting a rush attempt, and on only 10% is he being targeted. Meanwhile, on the other side, Cordero Patterson is also getting a rush attempt on 28% of his snaps. So the same amount of rushing involvement on the snaps played, but he's getting a target on 23%. So he's getting a touch on 46% of his snaps compared to just 35% for Mike Davis. So he's on the field. He's involved in the like the passing game as a blocker but that's basically it. They're just using him as extra protection to pass block. And when they actually do want to pass and go on third down and go up tempo, they're bringing in quarter Patterson sure. and it's just, it's nuking Mike Davis's value. Like he's still the goal line back. He's still getting red zone work.
1: He is, but, but they,
0: the problem is how yeah, often are they actually getting that? that, that that's how, the problem. how
1: often are they actually in the red zone in a game where, where it's they would a actually, matter? Yeah, right. Exactly. So for example, last week, I mean Mike Davis was held to 13 rushes and he only managed to turn up 14 yards. Now, some of that's the offensive line, to your point, because right. he can't do it without a little bit of help. Yes. Uh and he had he got he had two targets, two receptions. He just happened to score. If yes. he doesn't score, it's a complete disaster for your for your roster. So yep. at this point, I am willing, I am recommending it's time to start looking for alternatives yes. to Mike Davis and see see if maybe he could be a staple to uh, along with something else to maybe try and get staple a bad contract to a good contract. And let's see if we can upgrade uh, and get something that's a little bit more reliable and more productive. Right. And I, to be honest with you, the reason why he's a, a firm to vest for me is I just don't part of the component to be on these lists is, you know, do you think it's going to get better or worse at any point? You know what I mean? Or is this just is kind of what we're expecting. This is what it is. This yeah. is what it is. I'm not expecting this to get a whole lot better. So that's part of how he ends up on the list. So let's go. We'll, we'll do, we'll do the last couple running backs here real quick uh, on the invest side, last invest running back and make fun of me. All you like internet. I'm sure you already do the, the, it's the, you can't get blood from a stone. So here's what I'll tell you. Melvin Gordon. I talk about Melvin Gordon a lot. I'm going to do it again. Melvin Gordon was I've said this a million times being criminally undervalued and his, the rumors of his death, to Javante Williams were completely unfounded. He's currently at RB 22. He's heavily involved in what the Broncos want to do. I think we've moved past the idea that they're going to try and trade him or Mm -hmm. something catastrophic would need to happen uh, for this not to hold. But Melvin Gordon is actually on a fantastic pace to finish the season as an RB two. And he was not being drafted as an RB2. So this is a situation where it's worth looking around in your various leagues and seeing who happens to currently be holding Melvin Gordon, it's not you. If it is you, I'm probably actually trying to hold on to it. But if it's somebody else, I'd like to get a look at what their team is and this is something that I'm looking to acquire. Mm-hmm. That's that's absolutely absolutely where I'm where I'm at. Hey, if I could trade Miles Sanders for Melvin Gordon right now, and I guarantee you there's a league where that could be done uh yeah I'm doing that all day every day and twice on Sunday
0: yeah if that's the case I would definitely do it but for me personally I'm not going out of my way this is one of those where um I'm I'm kind of I don't want to say neutral but like if I've got Melvin Gordon I'm happy to stay if I don't have Melvin Gordon I'm not really seeking him out I'm kind of indifferent
1: I'm expecting a lot more of the week one and week three performances than I am of the week two and week four performances. And so from, from my side, from my side, because of the weird inconsistency and now the potential quarter oncoming quarterback change noise, I think this presents an interesting, an interesting value here where he's been heavily involved. And I, the only thing that I wish I could say is that he was getting a little bit more in the way of targets, but. Aside from that, this is something that I'm looking to invest in, mostly because there's just been so many busts and bad plays and things like that at running back that this is a relatively safe investment. As far as I'm concerned, it may lack some of the flashy upside of a few of the other guys on the list. Yeah. But if you need a reliable performer at this point to be your RB, two. I would take a long look at Melvin Gordon and there's every chance that you could still get him at a value because he was not being drafted anything close to like how he's playing. Well,
0: and like we talked about before as well, like Melvin Gordon, 53% of the snaps to Javante Williams, 45 mm -hmm. and then touch percentage 45 for Javante, 42 for Melvin Gordon utilization percentage, 46 for Javante, 44 for Melvin. It's almost a 50, 50 split between the two of them. And we talked about that, how it's going to basically be that way for a while until one of them gets hurt.
1: Yeah. And so here's my other reason that I'm, I've got two more reasons why I'm recommending this one with the quarterback change. I think they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more, at least temporarily. I know it's drew lock. So he's at least familiar with the system. He knows how to do all this stuff, but I don't know that they're going to send drew lock in there. Should this actually come to pass and say, go get it, drew, take the limiters off, go win us the game. We've seen what happens when they let him chuck it all over the field. He throws four picks. The other reason that this is attractive to me, and I want to start having this conversation with my league mates now is because the schedule after the week 11 bye is fabulous. It's fabulous. They play the chargers who have had good defense, but struggle against the run in week 12 in week 14, they play Detroit. That's all you need to say about that in week 16, they're playing the Raiders who have also struggled against the run. And then in week 17 for your championship, they're playing the chargers again. They have so many plus matchups after that week 11 bye. That I think, frankly, either Bronco running back is something that I'm interested in. I'm interested in getting. I'm I'm starting to to think about that for way down the line here. So it's a little early, but it is something to keep in mind as you're evaluating players. They have a very favorable the Broncos do running back schedule once they get back from that buy. Yep. Um. So the final divest for running back, by the way, and this one is painful. This is painful, but it's Miles Gaskin not the bury the way it's miles gaskin and Steve I'll just go to I'll just go to you directly here to talk about Miles Gaskin. Um because I know this has been this has been something that you were very high on and now that seems to be coming unglued a little bit in the background here.
0: Uh so this one I think we're gonna disagree on a little bit. I don't think it's a divest. For me this is a buy low for Miles Gaskin. Interesting. Interesting. I, I still believe like we talked about the fact that when Tua has been the starting uh, quarterback, Miles Gaskin has been the primary back. He was getting 65% of the snaps when Tua was in there. He was dominating the touches, dominating the shares. Since Jacoby Brissett has taken over, they have flipped it and now it's 55% to Malcolm Brown. So he has become more heavily involved because they're playing more up tempo and they're playing more RPO with Jacoby Brissett in there. So I think it's just switching the styles. Uh, I know this week you don't want to start him or Brown. You don't want either one against Tampa's crazy no, defense.
1: No, no, you don't want that.
0: But in two weeks, they're going up against Jacksonville in a fantastic matchup, and the reports are Tua will be back for that game. So when Tua returns against Jacksonville, I think Miles Gaskin is back in the flex talk. Definitely someone to consider at that point. And again, we we can't speculate. We don't know exactly what's going to happen or not but we're approaching the trade deadline. The only team that seems to be interested in Deshaun Watson is Miami. Sure. And if he were to land in Miami and take over that team, it sends everybody on that roster through the roof, including Gaskin, who again, no matter what Brian Flores wants to believe is the best running back on this team. Well, so I'm not ish-
1: debating that. Uh, I know, like, uh, but th-
0: they've had issues on the offensive line. They're slowly getting better. And then, like I said, a- anytime two has been in the lineup, Gaskin has been the guy. So
1: I'm not debating that. I'm either. not I'm, panicked
0: on, on, Gaskin I'm debating
1: that, that. They just can't seem to figure out how to run the ball with any kind of reasonable effectiveness. And, and but and, look
0: at the passing game too.
1: Oh, it's that's just, yeah,
0: they haven't been able to do anything. The defense yeah. has looked bad. The offense has been terrible. It has been a rough start. To the Dolphins season and honestly the way things are going Brian Flores may be the first one out
1: oh yeah that's if it continues
0: to go down this that's possible
1: uh I'm 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 not willing to get invested in something like this and treat this like a buy low Mm. so it's just there's too many unknowns you're talking about maybe it'll get better if they can bring in Deshaun Watson at the trade deadline sure that's not a reason to trade for something. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's like total speculation. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't go there with that. So I'm going to, I'm sticking to my guns here. What I would do is I would be looking for a trade partner as, as a staple to Now I do understand the idea that you might not want to do that right now. So there is a caveat to this advice, which is if I didn't have to do something today, I wouldn't do something today. Because you mentioned the schedule, mm-hmm. so what I would do is I would wait until week eight, because in that time frame, th- this week obviously is Tampa Bay. We talked about that. Yeah. but Then it's Jacksonville, and then it's Atlanta the week yep. after that. If they can get it right there with Tua back, stay the course. It's fine. If they can't get it right, then I'm willing to move on, even if it even if it's not for what I invested in the draft. Because at that point, you're halfway through, almost halfway through the season anyway. So that matters less at that point.
0: I think it really depends on your, a lot of this one is going to be dependent on your team and your league as well. Like yeah, if, if, for example, if you're, what is this week five? So if you're one and three or you're two and two and miles Gaskin is your RB two and you've got nothing else. Like if you're really desperate for a running back, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you have to make a trade. And if you want to staple Miles Gaskin to a player who's succeeding in order to make an, a decent RB two happen, then I mean that's that's just what you have to do. But if you can stay the course, if you're if you are two and two or three and one and feel decent about the depth you have on your roster, I see no reason to back off it now.
1: Sure, sure. I'm just, but there's a lot of folks who are look. If you're evaluating trades at this point. You, 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 you well, might not. You're be evaluating
0: trades at this point. You got the itch.
1: So that that's... that is also a thing too. It's also <laughs> a thing as well. So, Steve, one thing here, we'll point out that I know we're we have got 15 minutes, and people are like, "Oh my God, they're never gonna get done." Yes, we will, because we're not mm-hmm. doing any tight ends this week, folks. There will be tight ends discussed in the future, but I went through the entire list for three hours yesterday. I defy you to figure out a tight end trade that doesn't involve Travis Kelsey, which you wouldn't trade anyway. There's no replacements at tight end at this point, especially with Logan Thomas going down. Now there's nothing, nothing. It's Everything at tight end is Travis Kelsey and then dart throws. Yep. And that includes at this point, even George Kittle and Darren Waller. Thank God he scored that touchdown because otherwise that was going to be ugly. We'd be talking about that too. So we're going to do wide receiver and we're going to run through this really quickly. So, as far as investment in players that you'd want to be looking to invest in number one, for me, you've all heard us talk about this. Both of us at this point, probably ad nauseum on this podcast. If you've listened to it for a long time, Cortland Sutton, I will go down on this ship. I don't care. Uh, It looks bad. It looks bad right now. And that's where I think the opportunity comes in because they've been struggling to keep the offense moving consistently, even with Judy going down Courtland Sutton had a great game the week after that, but has cooled off significantly here. And now a lot of people who are managing various Broncos are panicking because Drew Locke is being talked about to start. They're wigging out in a big old way on the internet about, oh, Drew Locke's terrible. And I'm like, that's not really super relevant to the the value of the skill position players because uh, Courtland Sutton was fine when they had Drew Locke previously. But I'm gonna I'm going to go ahead and tell you everything you need to know about Cortland Sutton and why I'm saying this is a great buy low opportunity because he's been struggling and now there's even more reason for the folks rostering him to panic. This is a great opportunity to pick something up for cheap and I'm going to credit Frank Amarante from uh, Roto Ballers with this. This is not my stat. So Frank, never met you before, but thank you. Really appreciate it. Great Twitter follow, by the way. And uh, Frank, Cortland Sutton is coming off back-to-back duds, but here's his usage. In week three, he had 158 air yards and a 21.62% target share. For the season, he's looking at 39.63% air yard share and a 215 point target share. The air yard thing might be a little complicated if you've never heard that explained before. But what that is telling you is that he is getting great depth of target. So they are throwing the ball to him down the field. He's not necessarily the check down. And he's being targeted at a little over 20% which is fantastic. It's great. So the usage is there. The usage is still here. I'm not afraid at this point. And I think a lot of people are. So this represents an interesting opportunity to get to roster Cortland Sutton, frankly, for pennies on the dollar. Right. That's my stance. That's it. I'll get off my soapbox. So (laughs) am I, am I crazy? You want to tell me I'm crazy? I'm sure the internet will tell me I'm crazy, but that's not. I
0: mean, the internet yeah always tells you. That's every every day. day. Mm It's every day um no you're not crazy i'm trying to like i can narrow this down for you too so right now he's got uh 28 targets and let's see I just hit his minimum his 28 targets and then he's got 257 yards. yeah i don't care about receptions that doesn't matter <laughs> uh but yeah so the air yard percentage you mentioned right 35%. Mm. So that's a select group of 16 players uh, who currently have at least 28 targets and at least 35% of their team's air yards percentage. So other guys on that list are Deontay Johnson, CD Lamb, Devontae Perfect. Adams, DJ Moore, Chase Pretty Claypool, cool. Stefan Diggs, Michael Pittman, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin. Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf,
1: Brandon Cooks. Yeah, pretty good list to be on.
0: So he's one of 16 players that is getting the dominant looks right now on his team, being utilized as a wide receiver one. Again, those are top 20 wide receiver numbers. It They just haven't translated yet to the yards. That, so the breakout is coming.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a reckoning on this. And the this there's too much wonky data going on for it's weird that it hasn't hit already. I'm still confident that it will. And if folks in your league aren't great opportunity here to, to do this. So let's move on from our, the Cortland Sutton love festival that is this show regularly. And let's talk about another topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts. I think from years gone by my number one divest candidate, Hollywood Brown.
0: I, I, You know, I was hovering over Hollywood Brown because I was like, oh, number one, it's got
1: to be this guy. <laughs> Hollywood Brown. I knew it was coming. And uh, this is one of those where I understand that he's been wide receiver 14 to this point. I totally get that. I understand. He is the epitome of sell high to me for a number of reasons. Well, one, I mean, I'll let you talk about it probably in detail, but Rashad Bateman is on his That's way great. back at this the number
0: point. one receiver is coming.
1: Yeah. So the true number one for that team is mm-hmm. on his way back from starting the season on IR. There is not enough volume and it's been proven out through the first four weeks. Yet again, there is not enough volume to sustain more than one wide receiver in Baltimore. That's it. So even if, even if the, the addition of Bateman only just, it doesn't even kill Marquise Brown. It just cripples him. That's still bad. It's not wide receiver 14 anymore. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. So as far as I'm concerned, he's the epitome of a sell high. And I understand that he's been good. And I understand that they have like an average to kind of mediocre schedule and that he's got the eye of Lamar Jackson right now. But this cannot sustain. There is no chance that he's going to finish as a top 20 wide receiver for the remainder of the year. And at this point, he's also, and this is the other thing too, that comes through very visibly when you actually watch Hollywood Brown play, the drops are still an issue. Yep. Yep. The drops are still a major issue for this individual, so I'm not. I'm not. This is not a hold for me. This is a sit back and collect some fabulous offers from some folks that 100%. might not be as sophisticated as as you are, and and get well, this. That's the
0: other thing too. Let's that, even say, let's put the hypothetical out there because again, I, I'm blinded by love. Let's say Rashad <laughs> Bateman isn't the number one wide receiver sure let's say hypothetically that hollywood brown is the number one guy rest of season in baltimore based on his own personal history how long does he actually stay on the field and retain his value
1: oh boy uh he's giving you they got the buy in week eight so probably about there
0: two more weeks three (laughs) Three more weeks at most yeah like Hollywood Brown, again, has always had talent and is always good for the big play, but he cannot stay on the field and he cannot handle the number one corner coverage. So even if you're going to tell me he's going to continue to be a consistent piece in this offense, there's no way he's going to give you better value than wide receiver 14. If someone wants to give you top 20 wide receiver value right now, top 24, hell, top 30 wide receiver value for Hollywood Brown. I will take it to fix whatever other holes I may have on my roster, because where you drafted Hollywood Brown, he was probably your fourth or fifth guy anyway.
1: Exactly. Exactly. There's got to be somebody desperate in, in your league right now, looking for a out to try and get some help. And I'm sure that they'd be more than happy to talk to you about Hollywood Brown, but this is the poster child yep. for sell high. Yep. Do this sooner rather than later before the the value starts to diminish, uh particularly when Rashad Bateman finally does come back. Yeah. So let's move on to a happier topic. And we'll, we'll look at investment investment wide receiver number two. And this is one that actually you and I talked about briefly, briefly, briefly. We just mentioned it uh last week, and it's Jacoby Myers.
0: Now I I was gonna say um I love Cortland Sutton. You know, I've been high on Cortland Sutton. For me, you should have already been invested in Cortland Sutton. If sure, you ha- if you sure. haven't to this point, that's on you.
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of people that aren't. So yeah, that's why he's th- on the list.
0: This was my guy, who was number one, and and let me tell you why. Like you wouldn't think. Again, you would just say Jacoby Myers. Okay, he's not having a great year, right? And then you look at the numbers. And in and you standard,
1: see, by the way, you'd be right.
0: Yeah, and, and <laughs> but we would, don't talk about standard. And you would say, "I'm." I, I, again, you mean no point. Exactly. I'm going to make that happen. All right. I refuse to let let standard be a thing.
1: Well, it's confusing our staff. So maybe explain it to them again.
0: (laughs) I'll keep, I'll keep doing it until they understand it. It's fine. But Jacoby Myers, (laughs) 13.4 points per game is wide receiver 30. So right now he's a wide receiver three Mm -hmm. in PPR. He has not scored a touchdown yet. He has not had like a huge breakout game nope that everybody is is oh man this is the guy you got to grab off the waiver wire he's the guy that no one is taught he hasn't had over 100 yards receiving yet he hasn't had a double digit reception game yet nope he has not scored a touchdown yet but right now there are eight wide receivers in the nfl with over 40 targets that's right cooper cup Devonte adams keenan allen dj moore Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs and Jacoby Myers. That is it. That is the list. It's the truth. This past week he had 12 targets and caught 8 of them.
1: You're burying the lead.
0: 2 the weeks week before, ago he had 14. He had 14 targets.
1: That's insanity. And
0: caught 9. His worst performance of the season was week 2 when he had 6 targets. That's his worst game of the year. And now he's going into a stretch against Houston and Dallas. Then the jets, you've got the chargers, which is a solid defense, but Carolina has had a spotty secondary. We'll see what Stefan Gilmore does when he comes back healthy. Cleveland's secondary has been their weakness. Atlanta, Tennessee, and then Buffalo in week 13 is the first time you have to worry about him.
1: And then they go on by, which is not ideal because that's playoff time. but And
0: then Indy by Jacksonville, Miami. I mean, he has an unbelievable schedule, and he hasn't broken out yet. He's the best-kept secret in fantasy football right now. No one is talking about him for no reason, and he's top 10 in the league in targets. He is going to break out over 100 yards. He's going to score touchdowns eventually, and when he does, he's going to leap into the top 15 fairly easily he is a wide receiver two borderline wide receiver one in the making
1: and that's why if Cortland sutton did not exist and mm-hmm. was being slept on by everyone for the reasons that we went through right. myers would be the number one investment pickup at wide receiver because that's everything that my research uncovered which is how is no one talking about this yeah was kind of my takeaway like nobody knows about this maybe it's because it's new england and it's mac jones and ugh, but It's too good and too consistent is the thing I like the most about it. He's very, very involved and they're going to keep doing that because I don't know if you've actually watched too much new England folks out there in TV land, but they don't have anything else. Yeah. This is it. This is your team. So, uh, wheels up in a big old way on Jacoby Myers, the, the rest of the way. Uh, and so we're wrapping up here. We've got a few more to go. So, Last number two divest candidate, and I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. And this is a disaster at every level. Pittsburgh in general has been a disaster. But Juju has been particularly disastrous, especially given what you had to invest to acquire him. He was supposed to be a relatively safe top 30-ish kind of slot wide receiver. And, okay, he's playing that position, but... He has yet to top 52 yards in a game. His QB has completely regressed even further than even anyone thought possible. His skill set is done. Big Ben, Big Ben's now got a hip injury on top of already looking terrible prior to the hip injury. His skills have just evaporated. He's done. Now, that's not analysis I know typically for our show, but I could get. We don't have enough Blushed. time to all the way into the details. Yeah, it. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and now. Everyone else on the receiving core is more talented than him. Yeah. Chase Claypool is more talented. Deontay Johnson is significantly more talented at this point. We just, we got to just be honest here. He's wide receiver 63. This is an utter train wreck. I would trade him for pennies on the dollar. And that is not advice that I normally give. I would be trying to move Juju Smith Schuster off my team as rapidly as I could, hoping that the name still meant something to somebody and that I could try and get, something at relatively wide receiver, 30 ish to 35, I'll take 40. I'm not going to be real picky about this because yep. he's been so bad. And here's the thing. I don't see this getting better. I don't see the Pittsburgh passing attack getting better unless and this is the thing. There's nobody better than Roethlisberger in that room. So what going to Mason Rudolph's going to fix it. Seen that movie. So I'm, I'm, this is it. It's I'm at a, I'm at like DEF CON four on panicking about this at this point. If he didn't have a rushing touchdown, he would be completely droppable. It's the only reason he's even a trade candidate as opposed to just, eh, he's done. So I think he's only 24. It's easy to forget that. So he'll have more luck somewhere else, not in Pittsburgh, I think, at another stop in his career. But for the rest of this season for redraft, no, I want out. I would, I'm would. i moving on. It's time to be done. He's certainly not startable. Right. So... I don't know. There's, there's very little I could offer other than I would be trying as hard as I can to move him off my team. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then we'll do the final invest. And I think this will be another one that we'll get the Steve Bonham seal of approval. Yeah. Uh, With DJ Chark now headed to IR with a fractured ankle, LaVisca, enter LaVisca Chenault. Finally. Finally. Finally, finally the, finally, the
0: only problem with this being an invest is um, LaVisca. Well, well, Laviska <laughs> Chenault's play. ADP was uh, mid mid to late 30s. Um, So he was going to back end guy, but he was getting hype. And for the most part, the people who drafted LaVisca Chenault drafted him because they know who he is and they had high expectations for him. He was being drafted as a guy. That was a sleeper pickup to be a weekly starter for you anyway. So now that he's finally able to cash in on that, it's hard for me to see someone being willing to part with LaVisca Chanel,
1: but that's the conventional logic logic i'll see yeah if that's not every league
0: yes if you're in a league with like general players who don't follow the trends and don't keep up with all the the hubbub
1: in your work league, yeah your work league your home league, and
0: nobody knows who lavisca chenault is they just took him because he was the top guy in adp when it was their turn on the on the clock then sure i could absolutely see making a a low ball offer on a player that again i had big expectations for this season i still believe he finishes the year leading the jags and targets well, i feel uh, a lot
1: better about that now than i did a couple weeks ago because now we're uh, back on track baby but
0: i mean he was already up there uh, no i know like,
1: but now it's like this is almost but now almost it's certainty yeah with, with this uh
0: with shark out it's tough to find let's see
1: Right now. I'm not even. And I'm not even convinced. While well, you're doing that, I'm not even convinced. Marvin Marvin Jones has been a great story. Oh, we yeah. love Marvin Jones on this show too, by the way. Historically speaking, mm-hmm. but I'm still not convinced he's going to make the season at this point. It's and yeah. yeah, and Marvin Jones's value has certainly gone up with the Chark injury. Not that's another one that's somewhat yeah. interesting, but I don't view it as the slam dunk that a Lavisca Chenault is, especially if anybody actually happened to watch that game last Thursday, right. because the minute Chark went down. The offense became, okay, I'm just going to force feed it to LaVisca Chenault just over and over and over again. And it was working. Yeah. And it was working. So that's going to be the offense. He's going to uh, be. Yeah.
0: Right Right now, Marvin Jones has 31 targets. LaVisca yep. Chenault has 28. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, and by the way, you can't go by Jacksonville's death chart because they've listed Tavon Austin. Yeah. as the as the so that means nothing to me no. that's just paper that's that's and Jones.
0: again that's what's crazy is we're talking about it I I it's all beauties in the eye of the beholder right like it's hindsight is 2020. whatever cliche you want to throw at it because we're talking about Marvin Jones and the resurgence and what a fantastic breakout year he's having and then what a disappointing start to the season it's been for Laviska Shenault with all the hype. Right now, Marvin Jones has 20 catches on 31 targets for 218 yeah. yards. LaVisca Chenault has 19 catches on 28 targets for 194 yards. One 20 yard catch is the difference That's between right. Marvin Jones's season and LaVisca Chenault's. That's right. Now, Marvin Jones has scored twice and Chenault hasn't been in the end zone. Otherwise, they have had the exact same production level this year. And it's two different storylines that you'll be told. Yeah. So uh, again, do you, not, I mean, do you not
1: cover fantasy football on a yearly <laughs> basis? Do, because you not
0: internet, do you not
1: internet bro? Like this is every year we have this conversation at some level. It's just yeah. change the names, yeah. but LaVisca Chenault for me is the lock. And yes, I will, I will totally acknowledge what you said to lead that off. It's possible that that's not going to be, it's why he's third on the list. It yeah. might be a tough sell, in certain leagues, especially if you're playing with people who actually know what they're doing. Right. But if you're playing in normal leagues with regular people. Yes. Yeah. There's a very good chance. They don't even know who LaVisca Chenault is because he plays in Jacksonville. And why would you ever watch a Jacksonville football game? Unless you were somebody like us, a diehard or you live in Jacksonville. Yeah. Like there's no reason to watch that. So it's LaVisca Chenault. He's the third, he's the third name on here. And then we'll do the final name, the final divest. And we talked about this last week, so we're going to do this relatively quickly. There it is on the screen. Alan Robinson. He's been dreadful. He's just been dreadful. And th- this is th- this is just, it's not even, I don't even view it as his fault. I blame so many other people. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, again, actually, he gets to be on the list twice because uh, of how much fault it actually is for him. Sure. And then uh, Andy Dalton. And then uh, God. Um, yeah, factors fair. in. Yeah. At a certain level. So it's, it's one of those things where he's just been nothing like what you were expecting. In, in, on draft day. And on drafting, you and I are, are complicit in this because he was a wide receiver one for both of us. Yeah. So he's not there yet. He's a divest for me at this point. And here's the thing I'm willing to be talked off the ledge a little bit on this one, because it's, it's a big decision to make. Because saying that you're going to divest from your probably your your wide receiver one for pennies on the dollar might have some consequences for you down the, you know, as far as yeah, roster yeah. construction. And again, and things like this that.
0: is a case where you play the narratives like we just talked about, right? Where M- Marvin Jones is being hyped and LaVisca Chenault's being faded, even though they're having basically the exact same season. And it's all because of the preseason narratives that came in. So here's the same thing. Allen Robinson has struggled. Allen Robinson has not been great. 8.5 points per game in PPR wide receiver. 66. Isn't that
1: Juju Smith territory? The
0: entire offense has just been brutal as you mentioned, but today they announced it's Justin Fields the rest of the way. It's the Justin Fields show. So now if you go into your room and you say, Oh, Hey, Allen Robinson's on the block and Justin Fields is the QB now. Like maybe things will change with Justin Fields. This could be a decent buy low maybe you can unload Allen Robinson and get like wide receiver two value. If I get receiver two value, I would be all right. Taking it. I'd probably
1: want to be done with the headache more than I
0: would. I I would, I would be ready to move on because it is going to be Justin Fields the rest of the way, which is exciting. And I can't wait to see what it is they do because they're going to have to do something because Matt Nagy apparently now knows his job depends on it, but
1: throw it to Darnell Mooney seems to be what I think they're going to do.
0: And uh, so far that's working out.
1: Yeah. uh, Especially last week.
0: So so we'll eventually defenses will adjust too. they've been double teaming Allen Robinson, which is part of why they've been just throwing it to Darnell Mooney as much as possible. So if they do switch it up and they start playing Darnell Mooney tough and playing safeties over the top and they stop double teaming Allen Robinson for once, maybe he opens up and things do turn around for him.
1: Yeah. And what I the other thing they've been doing is they've been feeding David Montgomery. And now that's yeah. not a thing anymore. Right. And I love Damien Williams. You and I are both pro Damien Williams and have been for a long time, but you and I both know that injury prone is not really a thing, but at the same time, I think we would also both kind of seed the idea that I would not view Damien Williams as the kind of thing. That's a lock. Every time they try and give Damien Williams, the full bell cow workload, wherever he's been playing, typically that ends one way. Right. So he can stay healthy. Fine when he's not asked to do an entire RB one workload indefinitely. Right. So we've got some issues with personnel now coming up that might change it, but none of what happened outside of that leads me to believe that they're going to suddenly pay less attention to Alan Robinson. They'll start doing that when Darnell Mooney starts crushing you. Yes. That's what'll trigger that event. So it's, this is the last one I hate to say it, but yeah, I'd be ready to move on from Alan Robinson. Well,
0: yeah. And I'd even then, like, You brought up a good point, like what's saved Allen Robinson too? like this theoretically was his best QB situation ever. Right. We talked about it in the preseason, how Andy Dalton was even technically, statistically technically the best quarterback he's ever played with. So for him, you would think that this is an improvement. It's a step up. But what has buoyed him and saved him his entire career is that no matter where he's been and no matter how terrible the QB situation has been he has been saved by having a dominant target share. Yep. And it seemed like there was no way that that was going to change because why would it with how good he is? But right now Darnell Mooney has 26 uh, targets on the season and Allen Robinson has 24. Yeah. Right now Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver 1 in Chicago. So I I don't I don't know
1: I don't either. At most, like
0: at worst, they're splitting. If he's not the one, they're at least splitting right
1: now. Yeah, they're one A, one B at the moment already. And for whatever reason, Fields just seems to have a lot more chemistry with Mooney.
0: Yeah,
1: than he does with Robinson. So I I can tell, like when you just watch the games.
0: Well, that's what happens when you're taking the second team snaps all summer.
1: That yeah, that would be a valid reason as to why. But. They're going to have to do something to try and get Allen Robinson more involved because they're going to have problems down the stretch, real football yeah, and the, problems. And, and
0: this is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Darnell Mooney too, why I felt so comfortable with him as a top 30 lock the rest of the way because of Justin Fields being more comfortable throwing down the field and actually being more comfortable in that mid to deep range than he is underneath. Right. And that's kind of where Alan Robinson's bread and butter has been. So – they're going to hit Darnell Mooney on those big plays and take those shots like no bears QB basically ever has before. So it's a whole new world for Chicago.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. So at this point, but I think you and I agree. I, if I could get a wide receiver two or better equivalency, I should say value. I'm going to take it because I'm just done with the headache. And frankly, given how my team probably works, if I did roster Allen Robinson, I probably need to do something. Sure. I'm probably two and two at best, mm-hmm. and it's time to start looking at your team and, and making decisions. Yeah. So, I hope that that everyone has found this helpful, at least in some regard. And you can read about it on Friday, uh, on importantnonsense.com, when the companion article to what we've talked about will uh, will drop. So, and that'll be running until the trade deadline, the the actual standard trade deadline. Obviously, local results may vary. Check your league settings for when your trade de- deadline actually is. And with that, that's everything I have for this week, Steve.
0: Beautiful. Well, a lovely week talking, uh, talking trades with you, Neil,
1: as always,
0: we will be back next week until then you can catch me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve catch Neil at nonsense underscore Neil catch the website at nonsense FF everywhere. And again, uh, thank you for watching along. If you're watching on Facebook, give us a like Twitch, give us a follow. Uh, what is it? Sup- subscribe, like on on YouTube. All that.
1: We're, we're yeah, ring the bell. All that right. fun stuff. So ring that bell. Ring that
0: bell. You yeah, know it. Ring. Get them notifications. Sign you up know for how Patreon. you get the notifications is you sign up for Patreon. Patreon.com yeah. slash important nonsense. And for $1, not not even a dollar. If you just sign up for the Patreon at the $1 level, it gets you the link. And then if you just immediately cancel it, don't even give us the dollar. You don't even care. You get the notifications in the Discord. There you go. You still get the news and the notifications in our Discord. You can't talk to anybody.
1: No, but you but can lurk in the background. What, I mean, there's the a dollar, bunch of people to do that. Pay the dollar and ask your trade questions directly, and myself and everyone else on our staff will actually read them and give yeah. you feedback. And yeah, there you go. To be honest, that's I've seen a lot of traffic coming through there from all the new people we've had signing up because I do want to say thank you if you've signed up to be uh, a patron of ours yeah. because we have had several people sign up recently more than we've ever had before so thank you specifically to all of you and yes we are getting a lot large influx of trade questions at this point point. Yes. So. And, and
0: you know we're having lots of fun in there too it's a dollar to have a bunch of fun with us we've got our, our 2021 nfl drive efficiency stats are exclusively in the the discord those are pretty
1: cool too it's and worth the other day
0: out. we were playing uh family feud <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> with with random right. stats from yeah. uh pro football reference so uh, yeah, just just goofing around, having a good time. It's all about nonsense, Neil. Having fun.
1: Well, yeah, you gotta kill some of that time during your work day. Who yeah, should. exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: Nobody would ever ever oh, play Family that. Feud when they were on the clock. Anyway, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go too. All right, bye.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Neil, thank you as always for being here. Thank you everybody for joining us both on the video and listening. And until next week, keep up the nonsense.
1: Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!